Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. I'm not as skilled as Josh is with taking his mask on and off. It really is great to be here. Give me a wave if you're glad that you made it. You're glad to be here. I am so, so glad to see you guys here. George has uh, grown a, th- a few inches and uh, just fantastic. He's catching up his dad. And uh, somebody said about my son as well, he's grown a few inches and his v- voice has got deeper as well. It's amazing what happens over, over this lockdown period. And it really is great to see each and every one of you here today. Can I just say that I think that Josh and Helen and the campus pastor uh, team here have done an amazing job in navigating just this season in Mansfield. And I just want to say a big thank you to you guys. You've kept in touch with people, you've kept people informed, you've sent videos out, you've loved on people. There may be some people who wanted more and you might be here today, but it's been a difficult time, you must understand, for the pastors as well. We've been navigating stuff as well, trying to work this through. In fact, it was laughable. Somebody said to me, I'm sure you've really enjoyed this time, you know, this holiday that you've had. It's the only time I wanted to put somebody on the backside. I'm sorry for being so crude, because I just think holiday, I mean, you know, if only. It's just been, you know, a real challenge of just working through all that we've been working through. And I'm delighted that in all our locations, we're here. And I just want to encourage you, please, can you get the word out to just say to people, I thought the worship, I mean, my anki was out. I just felt when we started striking up that uh, song of, of Waymaker, just God came God came and I want to encourage you to you know come you know the Lord spoke to me this has nothing to do with my message and Josh I promise I'll get there we'll probably only be 20 minutes in it but I just need to get some things out if that's okay because the Lord spoke to me about this coming back I've spoke to numbers of pastors who have said it's been tragic. This is in the UK and in the States they've been saying it's really tough we've seen our numbers decline Week after week, they've come and then we, we may have had 80 and then we've got 70 and then the following week, we've got 16. It's just going that trend. And they were depressed. They were depressed. And then this was a few weeks ago and I just went to the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't want that to be our story at Arena Church. Yeah. And this is the promise that he gave me. He said to me, and I was just talking to the Lord in prayer and he said, Lord, he said, Christian, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Yeah. And my presence will come. And you may not be able to touch them, but I can. Oh my goodness, I need to say that again. You may not be able to put your hands on them, but the Spirit of God said to me, but I can. And I want to tell you, He was here in the power of His Spirit. When you led us this morning, guys, I just felt God come. Now he's, he's with me anyway. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He's around us. He's with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But there's something about us gathering together. Josh, the lead that you brought, just inspiring faith. It just brought something. So I want to encourage you to get on that phone and just go, go on, make people jealous. You're allowed to. The pastor said so. Just say to him, it was amazing this morning. You missed a great, great service. And just encourage others from Mansfield. Of course, we've got limited spaces, but we can go to two services can't we and three services and four services why not why can we not believe that God will help us to grow in this season can I get an amen behind those masks amen so I want to really encourage you in that and it really is great to be here it's also unusual for me to speak live because I've just been doing it on camera and nobody laughs at you 
You know, now you might have been laughing at me while you was on the online and I couldn't see that, so that wasn't a problem. But, you know, it's just good to have participation in the room. And actually, my dear wife, Caroline, has been coming the last few weeks and she's been sitting. I actually think it's because she's wanted to keep an eye on me, what I'm saying, that's the truth. But she wanted to encourage me and just bring some participation, but it really is great to have some live interaction. I'm, I'm going to mess with things. I wonder if I could just have a light up because I want to see... I can, all I see is these masks and I want there we go and I can now see some eyes which is really helpful for me so welcome hello everybody I can now see you we're in a series called great comebacks and I'm very mindful of the masks being there and um, you know we're, we're, we're going to walk, walk through this this uh, this morning together I don't intend to be mega long I'm going to condense my notes, but I'm not going to skimp on the word this morning. Um, but, I'll, you know, I'll give you time to whip them off and get a bottle of water in a few moments. So just stay with me, if you will. But we've been in this series, Great Comebacks. And uh, it was designed because, obviously, we were coming back to church. But as I've delved into this ministry, it's really touched my heart. I don't know whether anybody's been online. Just give me a wave if you've, you've, so most of you have. It's really, really blessed me. I know I've been speaking a lot of it. I felt, I felt like ministered too. You know, when I spoke about David, I was bleeding all over the place. Not because I've got anything to confess, but I knew that my life was one of confession because how many of you know we're all David's? We all need his confession. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We all need his cleansing. Oh my goodness. We need the cleansing flow of Jesus. Anybody ever been in a crisis like the woman with the issue of blood? And for years and years and years, you've been praying and praying and praying and there's been no turnaround. But in that moment of touching out and reaching out to God, she got a miracle. And you might be here today and you've been praying for years and years and years. But I want to tell you, keep reaching out to the Lord. And the Lord will come in the power of His Spirit and He'll bring a great breakthrough. I really believe it. And so we're here today And I'm going to talk about a man who's very close to my heart, Josh, because he resonates with me. And I actually think we're all a bit of a Peter, because that's who we're going to look at today. Because he had an incredible, incredible comeback. If you're taking notes, I want to say to you again, the bigger the setback, the greater the comeback. We are believing that this is going to be our time as a church to shine in this community. We're believing this is the time for the church to arise and to be a voice in this nation and the world. And yes, everybody has had a setback. It's impacted all kinds of people and will feel the reverberations of this pandemic in the days and years ahead. But I want to declare again, the bigger the setback, the greater the comeback. Jesus is building his church and he is setting his church up for the greatest comeback of all. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says, For those who love God may suffer adversity and stumble to have seven times. We all know what it is to feel like we've, we've, we've faced adversity and we've stumbled. But then he goes on to say, But those people who love God will rise over and over again. Can I get just a wave that that is your story? If you feel like you've been stumbling, and you've been adverse, there's things that have come against you in these months, I want to encourage you even today to rise over and over again. This is my declaration. This is the promise of God. And this is what we're talking about, great comebacks. 
But Peter, oh my goodness, what a challenging guy. Anybody here know a little bit about the man Peter? Again, I'm going to get you to just wave at me. Great. I mean, for me, he is my favourite um, disciple. There's no doubt about it because you get a lot from him. You know, it's, it's like a guy of what you see is what you get. Don't you like people like that? There's nothing hidden. They're just out there. Now, that can sometimes get them in trouble because they have no filter. Now, Peter had had all kinds of setbacks in his life. There'd been challenges that had come to him. I mean, what, what do you think it'd be like to be chastised by Jesus with, with all the other guys around? Many times he'd been chastised. He'd been called out. And one time he was saying, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to love you and you, you, you know, you're not going to die, I'll, I'll, I'll protect you. And, and Jesus says to this man, get, be, get ye behind me, Satan. Yeah. I mean, there was some all kinds of stuff that would have gone through his head and his heart. But he was one who Jesus loved. Jesus loved this disciple. But here we see a story, and I want to just read three passages of Scripture, and they'll come on the screen, because we see that this was Peter's, I think, penultimate setback. Let's pick the story up, shall we, in Mark 14 and verse 27. Jesus is really telling them, helping the disciples, this is in the last few days before Jesus hangs upon a cross at Calvary. And he says to them, in verse 27, you will all fall away. For it's written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. And Peter declared, I mean, there wasn't, he didn't miss a beat, Patrick. He didn't miss a beat. It wasn't John who said it or one of the other guys. Peter declared, what he declares, even if all fall away. I will not. <laughs> and Jesus says to him, truly I tell you, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. I've disowned the Lord a few times when I've not given an answer, particularly in my teenage years. Are you one of those Christians? at school growing up. My mind goes there when I read this passage. And I was dodging it, because at that point I was, I had foots in both camps. So we're all a bit of a Peter in some ways. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Let's jump ahead, shall we, to verse 50, uh, 66 of Mark 14 because Jesus has now been arrested and we pick this story up and it says in verse 66 while Peter was below in the courtyard one of the servant girls of the high priest came by when she saw Peter warming himself he was by the fire she looked closely at him weren't you with that Nazarene Jesus she said but he denied it I don't know or understand what you're talking about he said and he went out into the entryway when the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. And again, he denied it. And after a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you are one of them for you are a Galilean. His dialect was, was a giveaway. 
Verse 71, listen to the language. He began to call down uh, curses. He was swearing and he swore to them. I don't know this man. I don't know what you're talking about. And then verse 72. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. And then Peter remembered the words that Jesus spoken to him before the rooster crows twice. You will disown me three times. And one version declares, and he broke down and wept bitterly. Now I see this as potentially could have been life-shattering setback. This was the end really of Peter. I mean, this was in the moment of, of his crisis, of his master. The one who moments before he was saying, if all everybody else leaves you, I'll never leave you. But the reality is we've all done this. We can all resonate with the story. But how is it going to end up? Because we know how it ends up, but they're in the moment. Get, get yourself in the moment. All the disciples are listening, have watched, have heard this. Peter's just done this. What does it mean for Peter? And interestingly, it's Luke and uh, it's Matthew and Mark's Gospels never record Peter again in their Gospels. They also almost write him out. Luke only says that he ran towards the tomb of Jesus, but it's John. This is where we've got to pick up the last piece of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the jigsaw piece. Because John, the beloved John, records in John 21, and again it will be on the screen, that once they'd seen Jesus hang upon a cross and buried in a tomb, they thought, that is it guys, we're done, we're finished. Even though they'd heard promises, they did not know what the future held for them. So what did Peter do? Well, he went back to his old life. He went back to his old ways and he was a fisherman. Now there's nothing wrong with being a fisherman at all. But whilst he was out on the, on the, on the sea, I mean, he just, this guy could not catch a break because he couldn't even catch a fish. He declares in there that he'd been fishing all night and they caught nothing. But it was only when they saw the man on the seashore shouting to them, throw your nets over the other side. And Peter knew it was Jesus. And they threw the nets over the other side of the Bible records. I just need to put this out. There are 153 fish. It was a huge haul. You see, when you do it God's way, it always works right. Remember that. If you always do it God's way, it always comes God. And it just needs one word. The woman had one touch. It just needs one word from the master. And everything changes. Now, Peter, recognising it was a G Jesus, of course, he was so impetuous, he just had to, he wasn't going to wait, he wasn't going to, he rowed to the, to the shore. You see, I'm a really good rower, I'm going the wrong way, aren't I? Um, I'm terrible, I've got all sorts of stories about me rowing, I'm tying boats, it's terrible. Anyway, we won't go there, that's for another day when I can talk to you properly. Okay, but he didn't wait to be rowed back. He jumped into the, to the sea and ran towards Jesus. And John 21 verse 15 says this, when they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. And then verse 16, straight away, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, well, take care of my sheep. Yeah. And then the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. You need to know all your pastors, you've got Josh here. This is what I look for in all the pastors 
that they love the sheep. Because this is the command that Peter was given. Take care of my sheep. Take care of my flock. Now I'm so glad that he doesn't stop there on the seashore because you've then got to read it forward and I want to encourage you to just read it forward in your own time. But we see the book of Acts. The disciples were given a promise. Look, it isn't uh, finished now. I'm now resurrected back to life. And there is a destiny because I am wanting to build something that is called a church. And it's going to impact the generations and it's going to impact the world for generations to come. Can I raise an amen? Quite amen. This is what he was talking about. He says, you've got to wait for something. There's a gift. I'm sending the Holy Spirit, who is God, by the way. I'm sending God amongst you, who's able to be in, in all of you, at any one time, he's able to be in Australia, whilst he's able to be in, 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 in Ilkeston and Mansfield and Belper. He's able to be wherever, wherever we are. I'm going to send this one to you. And you just need to wait, because when you wait, and in your posture of prayer, you're going to receive something. It's going to call, it's going to call uh, dynamite power. And it's going to enable you, under the power of God, with the partnership of God, to build something that I'm into, which is called the church. That is why we're gathering here today. The church has gathered again. Can I raise an amen? The church has come again together. We've been gathering, gathering digitally. It's been beautiful. This, this, that's happening even now as we speak. It's wonderful. But there's something about the gathered church coming together. And Peter receives this power. And then something significant happens. He preaches a message. And on the first message he preaches, 3,000 people were converted. Oh, Josh, wouldn't we love this as a preacher? But I'm believing for the day in Mansfield where this is going to be our story. This is going to be the church's story where once again, we're going to preach boldly. People's hearts are going to be cut and they're going to come running to Jesus. But then it doesn't stop there because second time, after he does an outstanding miracle, the lame man in Acts chapter 3, they then pre- pre- preaches another message in Solomon's colonnade. 5,000 people were converted then. I mean, it just goes on. And then the third time he preaches again in Acts chapter 4. This is when they were brought before the high priest. And Peter declares, there is salvation in no one else. I want to encourage you and challenge you again. Put your trust in Jesus. There's salvation in no one else other than Jesus. We've already heard it. You can't buy it. You can't gain it. You can't earn it. It's only through the precious gift of Jesus. There were three denials. There were three affirmations of Christ's love. There were three forgiving statements of Jesus. And then there were three courageous sermons defending Jesus in the face of opposition. Do you get it? Three. Three, three, three. And we'll come back to that in a moment because it's a very important number. But Peter's story is my story because we all need to know that the Saviour is willing to welcome us back when we've disappointed Him, when we may have been disloyal, when we may have disowned Him, when we've gone back to our old ways. He is faithful when we are faithless. And there's a bit of Peter in all of us because we can all be weak in the face of temptation and we've all dropped the ball far too many times and we've allowed fear to paralyse us and we may have overpromised and underdelivered. Yeah. 
And you may have assumed that God's grace has reached its limit. It hasn't. So in these last few minutes that I've got with you, I want to give you three things that caused Peter to get his comeback. So this is a message, first of all, for those who are in a setback, have turned back, are tempted to run back, who are retreating back, and others who are keeping back from years of pain, hurt, and disappointment. May I remind you, firstly, there is always a way back. I know you're in your mask, but say it quietly. There is always a way back. Come on. There is always a way back. There is always a way back. Josh didn't conspire with me. He's told the story, the most beautiful story in the New Testament of there's always a way back, even to a prodigal son and daughter. There is always a way back. Jesus must have been in tremendous grief knowing that this had happened. He was in one end of the courts. He's hearing the, the reverberations of Peter's denial in the other. But we see after the resurrection, we see Jesus inviting Peter onto the seashore, preparing a meal for him and then taking him through three denials and three times he restored him. Three times Jesus said to him, do you love me? And when we drive into this number three, just stay with me for a moment because I don't want to read something into the text that isn't there. But this is really important for some of you to understand because the number three is mentioned 467 times in the Bible. And the, the word signifies completeness. Completeness. So it wasn't just by chance that there were three and three and three. This was a word of completeness. Jesus prayed three times in the Garden of Gethsemane whilst how many disciples were sleeping? Three. He was placed on the cross at the third hour of the day. There were three hours of darkness that covered the land from sixth hour to the ninth hour. Christ was in the grave three days. Three is the number of resurrection and the completed work of Christ. And he is saying to Peter, what I have begun, I will complete. What he has started in your life, he will bring to completion. Peter, you may have denied me three times, but I'm now giving you three times, three messages of forgiveness and restoration. Can I get an amen? Are you understanding where I'm going? And the Bible says in Philippians 1 verse 6, that he who has begun a good work in you, this family over here, the work that God has begun in you, he will complete it. I don't know your, I, can't, I don't even know who you are actually. I probably spoke to you, but you're just getting my attention. I don't know why. The work that God has started, yeah. He is going to complete. He has begun a good work. You may have had many, many setbacks. You may have had three times and more because He's the God of not just one chance, not just two chances, not just three chances. Does anybody need more chances? Because I do. He's the God of many chances. And what God has started in you, He will bring to completeness. 
Because this is what Jesus was showing Peter. Three is the number of completeness. There is always a way back. Have you got it? There is always a way back. The comeback is now on. Oh, I'm ready to rock and roll now, Josh. The comeback is now on. We've now got the comeback. We've now got the boxer off the canvas and he's ready to go again. Oh my goodness. The comeback is on. Secondly, Peter knew this. But secondly, he knew He had a revelation in that moment of restoration that your future is greater than your past. Your future is greater than your past. This setback humbled him. He was a proud, lash, obnoxious individual in many ways. But Jesus still loved him. But instead of him being motivated now to be first, he was now motivated by his true love for the Saviour. And he knew in that moment, oh my goodness, what I've seen is going to be nothing to what I am about to see because my future is greater than my past. Whilst I was studying for Peter, I was also looking at the, the book of Peter. Peter wrote two books in the New Testament, one Peter and two Peter. Some outstanding passages in there and I'd encourage you to read them. But Peter writes to the church in 1 Peter 2 verse 9 and 10 and I want to read it to you because I think I have a great imagination and I think sometimes when people do things they go back, they have flashbacks I'm just wondering did Peter have a flashback to his time on the seashore as he began to pen these thoughts to the church because he says to them there you are a chosen people You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. And he's remembering his denials. You are God's special possession that you may declare that the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you weren't a people, but now you are the people of God. I want to tell you, the comeback is on. There is always always a way back, but your future is greater than your past. He declares over, over you and he declared over Peter, you were once a fisherman, but now you're not a fisherman. You're now a preacher of the gospel. You're now my God's chosen instrument. You're now someone who I've invested all my love in. Now I'm the son of my mom. She's on the front and Mary and Dave Thorpe but I'm also part of the family of God. And you are too. Anybody here recognise Jesus as your Lord? Anybody here you put your trust in? Well, this is for you. He says to you that you are now grafted into the family of God. You're adopted by the heavenly Father. Oh, I want to skip and a jump with all the privileges and all the advantages of being a son of the Most High God. You are a daughter of the Most High God. You are a son of the Most High God. How awesome is that? (laughs) And I think Peter got a glimpse of it. And he says, oh my goodness, my future is far greater than my past. It doesn't matter where you've been. The Bible says that he will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. (laughs) There's a Bible verse in Joel And the locusts came and ravaged the land. And God allowed it to happen. But as they turned back to God, God said to them, listen, what the locusts have stolen, I'm going to restore to you and more. Anybody had anything taken from them in an old life? Anybody ever done anything that you're ashamed of? Anybody ever living with some past, you've got to throw it off and say, my future is greater than my past. In Jesus' name. 
God will restore what the years the locusts have stolen from us. But thirdly, and I'm rushing through it, (laughs) we must understand not just the bigger the setback, the greater the comeback, but often the larger the impact. And how do I get this comeback, you may be asking? Well, it's a great question. Let me say to you, anybody can change, but only Christ can transform. Anybody can change for a moment, but only Christ can truly transform. What do I mean by that? Well, we've got a lot of changes that have happened over this lockdown. People have lost weight, people have gained weight, people have changed their hair colour, kids have grown, change of jobs, all sorts of things, change bathrooms, change gardens, been a lot of DIY that's gone on. Some people have stopped smoking. Some people have stopped drinking. Some people have begun smoking. Some people have begun drinking. Some of the changes that we made are really positive. Some are really negative. But anybody could change. But only Christ can transform. And Peter knew to receive The reality of my future is greater than my past. Number three, he knew he needed to to receive this new future. You have to love the one who holds the future. We haven't got time for it, but three times Jesus said to him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And that's really what I'm drawing from you. Peter in that moment, his third declaration was, he says, you have to drive into the text much more further than I'm allowed to just for time. And in that moment, he says, Jesus, I love you. I so love you. And if you want a new future, you have to love the one who holds the future. I was encouraging a businessman this week. I says, we may not know what the future holds, but we know the one who holds the future. Is that not true? That's my declaration. I do not know what the future holds. I was on a BBC Radio Derby or breakfast show yesterday. They were asking me to predict all kinds of things. I says, I haven't, you know, I didn't say I haven't got a crystal ball. I didn't want to give anything to that kind of way of life, but I don't know. But I tell you this much. She asked me, are you fearful? I said, I am definitely not fearful. I am definitely not fearful. I am concerned for my community, the community that I love. I am concerned for this community, the community that we love but we are not frightened because we know the one who holds the future. We know the one who holds the future. It's all rooted in Jesus. And in that moment of devotion to Jesus, Peter was restored. Let me give you another verse from 1 Peter in chapter 2, verse 10. I love this verse. Let's go back to the beach, shall we? I think he must have been thinking about this when he wrote this. Because he says, I'm a, you know, you're a royal priest of that verse we've read together. And then he says this. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. One version says, at one time you knew nothing of God's mercy. Is that your story? At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it but now you're drenched with it 
Now you're drenched with it. I have to say, I'm sorry for my tears. I said this to Caroline over this lockdown. I'm crying more than I've ever cried before. Something of His presence just washes over me. I think I've been drenched with the mercy of God. And if we want this mercy, we have to embrace the merciful one. I want to encourage you. This is Peter's story. He leaned into the one who held his future and he received in that moment restoration, forgiveness and mercy. This can be your story too. Now some of you know the Lord but I'm talking about going deeper. Some of you need to go deeper and say, I want to receive again freshly. I want to let it wash over me the mercy and forgiveness and the love of the Father. Some of you have never experienced that ever and you can do that in a moment. I'm going to lead us through in prayer because I really do believe that God can make the rest of your life the best of your life. God can make the rest of your life the best of your life. God is able to redeem. He can't redeem time, but He's able to do in one day what it would take you 10 years to do. Does anybody believe that? That's my story. He can't give us time back, but what He can do, He can make us more effective in that time if we will put our trust in Him. And God can make the rest of your life the best of your life. Some of you are of an older age. And I'm not being ageist to you. Don't think, oh, I'm done. I wish I'd have known Jesus. I've heard people say that. I wish I'd have known Jesus before. The one guy in the Ilkeston says that to me. I said, don't say that. What I want to encourage you now to live the rest of your life like it's the best of your life. Just live it for Jesus because He'll be able to do in one day what it's taken you 10, 20 years to do. <laughs> so this message... Peter is, goes from being a denier to a preacher. Oh, he goes from being one of his biggest setbacks to his greatest comeback of all. And that's what we're believing in this church. That's what we're believing in this campus. We're going to do a strong comeback, aren't we, in this church? Is Josh the only one? We're going to do a strong comeback in this church, aren't we? But the true message of this series is found within people's battles, setbacks and failures. And for you to know, there is a comeback to all who call on His name. I wonder if you'd just pray with me in this moment. Bow your heads. Don't let this just be a time, oh great, we're done. Honestly, this is where this is where God said to me, I can't touch them, as in I can't touch them. You know, you can't touch them, but I can. I want to deal with those who are Christians today, but you just know you want more of His love and forgiveness and mercy and grace. You just raise your hands to the Lord. Go on, just do that. Just raise your hands, just gently to the Lord. It may be that in this moment, you know you need a comeback things haven't been out of you've wanted them to be over these last six or seven months I thank you Lord there's always a way back for those who are reaching out to you there's always a way back and I ask Lord 
Holy Spirit, touch people now. Touch people now. Fill people with mercy and love and grace. Refresh people. Revitalize people. Renew people. Renew their relationship with you, Jesus. As we reach out to you. Just put your hands down. Stay in a posture of prayer. Because I don't know everybody here today, but if you've never received the mercy and forgiveness and love of God, you don't know what it is to live free and forgiven. Every eye is closed and head is bowed, but if that's you, why don't you just raise your hand? I'll see it. You can put it down again. If you say, Christian, I want to receive this mercy and love and forgiveness of God, just raise your hand where you are so I can see it. Lord, I thank you today. And I pray, Lord, that these hands that have been raised, in this moment, they will receive the forgiveness of God that they will know that they are at the beginning of their greatest comeback of all. I pray, Lord, that they would know what it is to live free, for the weight of sin to be gone, and for them to live with a lightness in their heart. I pray that you would build, you're not just building your church, you're building lives, you'd build their lives in you. And Lord, that we would all be rooted and founded in you. So bless these people, I pray. And we're reaching out to you in this moment. And I just pray great grace upon Josh and Helen and upon the team here. We're believing, Lord. We're believing, Lord, that you are continuing to build your church. And I will declare it again. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Your church is alive, full of life, and is moving forward in the purposes and power of Christ here in Mansfield, in Jesus' name.